And uh, I want Brother Tapia to come today and open his heart and the word of the Lord to us. Why don't you just, before he comes today, why don't you just lift your hands where you are and just pray the anointing of the Holy Ghost to fall over this service this morning. Father, we thank you and we love you today. We honor you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we need you today. We need your spirit. We need your presence right now. God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this time we have together. Have your perfect way in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. What an awesome God we serve. Praise God. Turn and shake somebody's hand and tell them God is good. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. Thank you so much for standing this morning. Give honor to Brother Jordan. Appreciate him and the invitation to, to minister here. And thank God that he's doing better and uh, God's strengthening him. Amen. Praise God. I think that, uh, and I hope and pray that uh, what I have to say this morning would fit in line with uh, the vision of this church and the things that I've heard preached uh, from this pulpit over the last uh, couple of months that we've been here. And I thank God for uh, what He's doing and what's happening uh, in this last day. I heard about... uh, a few years ago, I was traveling in Minnesota, and it was cold. I was in a 93 Thunderbird. I had all of my belongings that I owned in the back seat of the car. And I was driving down the road, and I was passing a Taco Bell. I think I was actually getting a taco at the time. And I was listening to the radio, and there was a talk show person, a lady that was kind of a, uh, I guess she was a, counselor or some type of Dear Abby person, and she was giving advice to people on relationships. And being a single evangelist, I was listening intently. And I remember distinctly a man that called in, and he said, I really like this girl. We've been talking for a while. He said, but I, I, ju- I, I want to... I want to date her. I want to move forward in this relationship. And the lady said, well, have you told her that you like her? He said, well, no, I haven't. He said, have you given her any indication that you want her to be your girlfriend? He said, no, I haven't. She said, buddy, you need to buy her some flowers. You need to talk to her and tell her that you like her. You need to make your move. Oh, y'all, I'm going to help somebody here, some young person here today. I can tell you that it works. Been married 10 years now and took that advice to heart. Praise God. But the truth is that sometimes we have to move forward and take a step of faith in order to see the results that we're looking for. I heard a story about a little girl that somebody had given her a coin for Christmas. It might have been a quarter. It was real shiny, brand new. And she was holding that little coin in her hand, and she was so excited. She didn't really understand the concept of money very well, but she knew that she had something valuable, and she was going to go down and buy a piece of bubble gum or something like that. And, and that Christmas... Her grandfather came up to her and said, Honey, I want to give you 
this $100 bill. But in order to give you this $100 bill, you have to give me your quarter. She thought for a minute, I don't know, it's pretty shiny and it weighs a lot and that dollar bill, that's just light, that's just a piece of paper. What would I do with a piece of paper? And she was enamored with that shiny coin. She felt its weight and she decided that what she had was better than that little piece of paper with an old man on the front. And she limited herself by holding on to what she had. And she refused the greater blessing to hang on to that shiny coin. You know, I'd like to say that I've never been like that little girl. I'd like to say that I've never been like that man that called in. But there have been times in my life when God has had to deal with me about releasing what I have in order to receive greater things from God. And I believe that God is doing something in this church. God is doing something in our lives. God is speaking to us in this day. I have greater things in store for you. I have greater things ahead. Will you open your hand and allow me to pour into your life? If you believe that, clap your hands and thank God for it this morning. Praise God. It was in Judges chapter 6 that we find the nation of Israel has fallen into idolatry. Verse 1, the Bible says that the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the Midianites prevailed against Israel. And they came and they, uh, the children of Israel made themselves dens in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. And when Israel had sown, the Midianites came up. And the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed, literally wiped out the increase of the earth. And the Bible says, verse 5, they came up with their cattle, their tents. They came up as grasshoppers. And they entered into the land to destroy it. And verse 6, and Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. They were totally wiped out their fields, their harvest, anything green that was growing, they completely wiped it out. And Israel was greatly impoverished. They were in a messy situation because of their oppressors. And they, the Bible says the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. The, the Midianites would come. They would raid. They would steal the harvest. They would wipe out the crops. They would take away the opportunity for them to have a good year. Here was that harvest out in the fields and they would plant and they would sow and then at harvest time they would see the fields that were ripe and they would see all the blessings that were out there, all the grain that was in the field. Who knows how many thousands of bushels were there. How, who knows how many thousands of baskets they could have reaped out of that harvest and yet here comes the enemy and wipes out that entire harvest and so Israel was forced to live off of a small percentage of that harvest they had just enough to survive they had worshiped idols and they had thought these idols are going to help us prosper these idols that we're sacrificing to these false gods 
are somehow going to help us have a good crop. Instead, what really happened is they were deceived. And all of their blessings were taken away because of their actions, because of who they were worshiping. And so their worship of idols left them with just the minimum. We just stop and think, look at all that you could have. Look at all these fields. Look at all of these blessings that God wants to give you. And yet, because you're worshiping false gods, you are left with a percentage. So for seven years, they had lived on a small percent of their harvest. You know, sometimes it's easier to live with the 1%. Sometimes it's easier to live with what we can manage. And we like to live a risk-free life. And here's Gideon that comes into the picture now. Verse 8, the Lord sends a prophet. He says, I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you to the house of bondage. I delivered you. I've done all these things for you. And yet you have not obeyed my voice, verse 10. and verse 11, the Bible says, There came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak tree, which was an Oprah that pertained to Joash, the Abizarite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The Bible says that Gideon was threshing. He was doing something that was usually done at the threshing floors, a place where... They would hook up the oxen to a long uh, beam and they would attach it to a wheel and they would throw the wheat down on this uh, hard surface and that wheel would crush the grain and as it was rolling around it would crush it and the oxen would crush it and they would take what had been crushed and, and broken and they would separate the, the shell and the chaff from the grain and and it, it was done in large quantities. But here uh, we have another way of doing it. Gideon is here with uh, maybe a stick or a, a three-pronged instrument just beating out and separating that grain. He was doing it in the safety of the wine press because the Midianites would never think to look in the wine press for someone threshing wheat. He was threshing out individual portions, probably enough for his family and and himself to live on that harvest. He was beating wheat at the wine press for just enough to get through. Just enough for my family. See, there's less stress down by the wine press. You don't have to worry about fighting anybody down at the wine press. Just normal life here in the shadows. And God comes to him in verse 12. And the Lord appeared, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and, the Lord, and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Who, me? I'm just over here living in fear. I'm just over here hiding out. I'm just over here trying to get my little portion of the harvest. Just leave me alone. I don't want to go. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to fight. I'm not a troublemaker. Just let me do my thing. You see, the problem here is that it wasn't the size of the harvest. The harvest was incredible. The harvest was thousands of baskets of food. The problem was the size of his vision. 
You see, he could only imagine himself threshing a few baskets of wheat. It was only to the highest level that he could go to have a couple of baskets. Surely not more than that. Surely it's not me that's going to deliver this nation. But God took Gideon out of the wine press. And he thrust him into battle with the Midianites. And they fought against possibly hundreds of thousands of people with only 300 men. And God taught Gideon, I can give you great victory with minimal resources. Gideon, if you'll leave the logistics up to me and you will respond to my voice, you can have more than just your basket. You can have more than just enough to feed your family. You can have literally hundreds of thousands of baskets of wheat. And I can give you victory that the Bible says for the next 40 years after he defeated the Amalekites, they harvested their own crops. They had peace. What happened? God turned a percentage into multiplied thousands of harvest because he called somebody to leave the wine press and go and do the work of God. Sometimes we have to follow the voice of God, and step out in faith and trust Him and say, God, I'm going to leave a basket mentality that says, just give me what I can manage. I'm afraid of what's out there. I'm afraid that I don't have enough resources. I'm afraid that I'm not adequate in my own abilities. And we've got to listen to the voice of the one who's saying, you are a mighty man of God. You are a mighty woman of God. It's time to go forth into victory. It's time to go forth into the harvest and do the work of God without the risk there is no reward without the first step of faith and following the voice of God we will never see what God has called us to see we will never reap the full harvest that God has for us as in Luke 19 and verse 11 we find the parable of the servants The Lord is talking about the kingdom of God. And he spoke a parable to them because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought, verse 11, that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Luke 19, verse 12. And he said to them, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy... Till I come. Poke your neighbor and tell him, Occupy till I come. And it came to pass, verse 15, that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded the servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Lord, your pound has gained ten pounds. He said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little, have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, your pound has gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. 
For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man, that you take up what you layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. He said unto, the, unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury. In other words, I, you could have at least put it in the bank for that zero 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 point zero zero one interest. He said unto him that stood by him, Take from him the ten pounds, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he already has ten pounds. For I say unto you that unto every one which hath shall be given. And from him that hath not, even that he hath shall be taken away from him. In other words, the one that has the increase will receive more blessing. And the one that has wasted away will receive nothing. And what they have will be taken away from them. Here was a man that played it safe. Here was a man that held on to what he had. He wouldn't release it to the lenders. He still had his one talent. He never grew. He never made any progress. He never furthered the master's kingdom. Oh, he was careful with it. You remember, he had it in a napkin. He was careful with it. He had wrapped it up. Oh, it was still in that place. I'm not going to let anybody steal this. You don't have to worry about him being a liberal. He wasn't an outlandish person. He was always on time, always showed it up. He always took care of that spot. He always did what he was supposed to do, but his problem was that he was a legalist. The liberal says, well, what's the maximum I can do and get by? But the legalist says, what's the minimum standard that I have to do? What's the least that I can do? He was called wicked and lazy and cast out. And I think there have been times in my life when I have been legalistic in my thinking. What do I just have to do to get by? Instead of releasing my life to God and saying, God, what do you want to do with my life? What do you want to see done in my life? I have seen people and I've worked with people in churches that are still the same person they were 10 years ago. They're still doing the minimum. They're still doing the same things over and over again. And then I have been privileged to work in churches and see people who are like those faithful servants. That the thing they picked up is the word occupy. And they said that occupy means to busy oneself with the business of the master. It's to trade, to find a way to grow the kingdom. They took what the master had given them and they multiplied it. He said, that is a good servant. That is a faithful servant. Somebody that takes what they have been given and says, how can I multiply this? How can I grow the kingdom of God? How can I make a difference in the things of God? And they had something to show for their activity. 
Because of their efforts, they were blessed with wealth and prestige. You see, the point of this parable is that we don't know when the Lord is going to return. But while we wait, we must be active in the kingdom of God. While we wait on the sound of that trumpet, we must be good stewards with what we have been given. You know that the Lord is going to return very soon. And the things that we're seeing in our day herald that to us. But we have to have something to show him when he comes back. We're not trading in physical goods anymore. But we are still in the business of expanding the kingdom of God. And God would not command us to do his work if he would not have the ability and the blessing and the power and the strength to help us do what he is calling us to do. Folks, I believe this is the year of the harvest. I believe this is the year of great revival. I believe this is the year for those who will take what God has given them and say, I'm going into the harvest. I'm going into the marketplace. I'm going into my community to expand the kingdom of God. Oh, I feel there's a hunger in this place this morning. Somebody is saying, this is my year for a breakthrough. This is my year for growth in my ministry. This is my year to see God do great things in my life. Oh, let's thank you for that this morning. Hallelujah. I really felt strongly this morning that this is somebody's year for personal victory in your life. I've met many people that have talked to me and they they said, I've given up on the church. I've given up on God. I've given up on my walk with God because I had an issue in my life that I kept coming up against. Whether it was an immoral sin or whether it was a thought life or a pattern of something in their life, whatever it was, they said, I've given up. I've just given, resigned myself to this is the way it's always going to be. Maybe this is the way I was born or maybe this is the way I was raised or maybe Maybe this is, but I'm here to tell somebody today, this is your year for a breakthrough. This is your year to have personal victory in your life. Don't let the enemy tell you you'll never have victory over that because I believe there's an expansion of the kingdom of God and God is going to deliver. God is going to heal. God is going to set free. I believe it's God wants to help somebody in their prayer ministry. God wants to expand our youth group, our children's ministry, our Sunday school classes, our Bible study efforts, our outreach. This is the year that God wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. Maybe you've been seeking God. Maybe you've been asking God for a spiritual breakthrough in your life. God wants to do it this year. God wants to move and minister this year. Praise God. I believe it's a year for tenfold harvest for somebody. I believe it's a year for even a hundredfold. God can go beyond what we are doing right now and give us the fields of harvest. I remember a man in our church one time, a man evangelist came and preached at our church and talked about prayer and how God wanted to give us revival in prayer. And I remember this man that he took it serious and he said, I've got to do something. And I remember him, he started a prayer ministry in our church. He started coming uh, to the church to pray. He started uh, keeping a log and, and, and 
people would come and they would write down the time that they had spent praying. They, maybe some of them didn't even put their name. It wasn't about, oh, this is who I am and I prayed all. No, it wasn't about that. But that year we logged dozens and even hundreds of hours of prayer that happened because somebody said I'm hearing a voice I'm hearing God speak to me that maybe I can make a difference in the kingdom of God and it might not be exactly what everybody else can do but I'm going to take my talent and I'm going to multiply it in the kingdom of God just a few months ago and I may have shared this already but I felt to share it again today I was preaching in Mendota and they began to tell me about this man. I went and prayed with him and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And they began to tell me about this man that he was 96 years old. That God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they began to tell me about how they had, he had come to their church as a result of a nursing home ministry. And someone had a burden to expand the kingdom of God. And they went into the nursing home and, and uh, they began to minister to people that were there that were were sick in their bodies. Some of them didn't have families to visit them, but they would sit and they would talk and they would listen. They would sing. They would preach. And maybe nobody heard them. They never preached at general conference. They never preached at youth convention. But here was a man that had been filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name at the closing hours of his life because somebody said, I'm hearing a voice. I'm here threshing by the weep. I'm here with my little basket, but I hear a voice calling me saying there is more out there there is more for you get into the harvest and you'll see the victory that God has for you would you stand with me and can we clap our hands and just give God thanks I really feel faith in this house this morning oh I feel faith in the house this morning praise God praise God Folks, I don't know what everybody's talent is today. But I do know that every one of us can multiply it. I do know that with God working in us and through us, we can see the harvest that He has planned and purposed. I wonder what God wants to do in you and through you. I've tried to illustrate today what I feel like God wants to do. And that is to take us from where we are, to lift our eyes up and to see the harvest, to see what God wants to do in our lives. And I'm asking you today if you would respond to the word that I've preached this morning. Not because it's my word, but because it's the word of God. And that God would quicken your heart and your mind to do a great work for Him. To be involved in the kingdom of God. To make a step of faith from where you are right now. And to see what God will do in your life. I wonder if there's somebody that, maybe there's families here this morning. Maybe there's families here that are saying, you know what? There's been some challenges in 2016. There's been some times when we've wondered where we're, whether we're coming or going. We wonder what's happening. We wonder there's chaos. Maybe there's things that have happened that have shaken us to our core. But this is a new year. This is a new day. This is a new time. 
This is a new season. And maybe there's something in your heart that just started beating in your chest while I've been preaching that says, I believe that God is going to give us harvest. I believe that God is going to give us a breakthrough. I wonder if we could come as families this morning. We could take somebody by the hand. I wonder if we could bring, maybe there's somebody, you don't have family here. Would you link up with somebody else? Can we come as families this morning? Can we come and linger around this altar for just a few minutes and pray and seek the face of God and say, Lord, speak to my heart. Lord, let me see the harvest. Lord, let me be the Gideon that you want me to be. Let me move forward in you, O God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. Let's seek the Lord right now in the name of Jesus.